Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Some shocking views about how young people view the Bible. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. Please just do it. Just go do it now. And don't wait. We'll wait here. We'll give you a second. Find the platform. You click the like. There you go. You got it. Good. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray as we do each and every weekday morning, bright and early here on the Quick Start Podcast. Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. Guys, coming up on The Focus today, the family of a Texas teenager who was sex trafficked from an NBA game, they're taking some action here. Yeah, this story is wild to me. It's just like one thing after another after another, and even just the headline of this story. So, yeah, the details are fascinating and also just heartbreaking. Yes, indeed. And on the main thing, a powerful uh, testimony is what Joshua Broom has, his story, former porn star. Now he's a pastor, and he is sharing his story and just some really powerful truths and Trey and I were able to talk to him on this week's uh, Faith versus Culture. And we have a portion of that conversation coming up on the main thing. You don't want to miss that. All right. Also, some housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to DC Debrief and Newsmakers. Just That's another piece of homework that you have to do here. DC Debrief is a weekly podcast rounding up the week in DC. And then Newsmakers is Billy's own podcast where he is giving you one full interview each and every weekday for you to check out. All right, all the housekeeping's out of the way, so we're going to head on over to the news here in 90 seconds. And the Senate passed a $95 billion foreign aid bill earlier on Tuesday. It's going to send money to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. The bill passed on a 70 to 29 vote over half of the Senate Republicans voted against it. The aid package gives $61 billion to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and $4.83 billion to some allies in the Indo-Pacific region, and over $9 billion in other global humanitarian aid. The bill passed with support from nearly all the Democrats and 22 Republicans. Prominent Christian researchers warning that we're on the precipice of Christian invisibility in this nation. That's director George Barna from the Cultural Research Center. He looked into some of these views of preteens in America, and among the numbers, just 25% of preteens agreed that the Bible is the true word of God that should be a guide to knowing right from wrong and living a good life. And the IDF has obtained video from a security camera showing Hamas leaders inside the tunnels below the city of Khan Yunis, according to the IDF. CBN's own Chris Mitchell recently had access in Gaza to the tunnel network. It's incredible video. You can check out that in the description of this podcast episode. We'll put the link there for you. Check out more news and today's top headlines over at CBNnews.com. Guys, your reaction to this information, this data from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, that's, as I said, led by George Barna. Man, some of these views, now, part of me is kind of scratching my head because they said they looked at kids they, or talked to kids, you know, 8 to 12 years old, 
and asked when they were asked if they believed that Jesus Christ is the only way to experience eternal salvation based on confessing your sins and relying upon his forgiveness of your sins, just 36 of them answered in the affirmative. 34% of parents and 54% of parents, uh, children's pastors said the same. The, the, the preteen one, I can kind of forgive that number because, I mean, my son's eight. I mean, on any given day, he could say anything about that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the parents number being that low, that's pretty concerning too. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when you look at some of his, his other numbers, like the biblical worldview numbers, yeah. I mean, my goodness, it's like 2% of parents have a biblical worldview, right? And only 4% of Americans have one. So, you know, even the pastoral numbers, I think it was, it was some insane percentage that was low of pastors having a biblical worldview. So yeah, we're, we're in dire straits when it comes to the West and how we've decided to handle and process faith. Yeah, well, and it's also just a confusing irony dichotomy that happens whenever. So it is absolutely true that there are no absolute truths. And so I just, uh, yeah, like there, it's impossible. Everybody believes in absolute truth. I think it's silly when people say they don't believe in absolute truth. We all believe in absolute truth. If I decide to go out and I am driving on the road and I'm abiding by the rules and somebody decides, well, for me, the, the, the stop sign doesn't mean what it means to you. It means something different then you would be angry, right? And you would say, well, they did something wrong and I know they did something wrong. Like, why? Yeah. Because you know that it's, you, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. We all innately know what's right and what's wrong. So I, I, I think at the end of the day, we all believe in absolute truths. It's just what truths do we want to believe in? I think the, the error comes in when as sinful, broken, fallen human beings, we just pick and choose which absolute truths we believe yeah. in. But we all absolutely believe in truth. And as you've said several times, uh, Dan, we're all, we're built, we're wired to worship. We're all worshiping something, whether it's ourselves or God, uh, we're going to fall prey to something if it's not, uh, if we're not being obedient to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're referring to, they, they had the numbers there, less than half of the preteens, 21% and parents, 28% and children's pastors, 36% believe that there <laughs> are, wild. Abs- that there are absolute truths. And that is, I mean, you're right. It doesn't take long to trap somebody in that, to get them to say they absolutely believe something. You sure about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, then. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, At least you believe in one absolute truth. Yeah. And then the problem with that, if you if you keep going on to this line of thought, you know, you can just keep, you've, you essentially have to give up now all knowledge on anything because you could be wrong about right. that. You know, you could, well, are you sure about that? Well, you said no absolute truth. Yeah, I guess I could be wrong. So then you're out here just floating around with this wishy-washy, well, maybe, could be, possibly, I don't know. Well, and, and think about like the how dangerous the ramifications of that yeah. is. So, okay, you say that there are no absolute truths, that nothing can be known for certain. So uh, that, what then what is that? What, what do we make of slavery? What do mm-hmm. we make of, of Nazi Germany? Like those are both egregious, disgusting sins. But if you believe in no absolute truth, I, who's to say that in that in that era, maybe that was the that was since that was the prevailing opinion, then there was nothing wrong with that behavior. But it's like obviously we know that all of that behavior was deplorable and and sinful. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to dismiss all absolute truth, anything goes. Yeah. It, yeah. It, well, I mean, this yeah. is this is what I mean. This is what culture's been doing. You're the god of the se- the self. You make up whatever you want. You go with it. I think the the most telling part of this research 
to me is that Christians have allowed the cultural norm of the God of the self to interfere and invade the church, right? There should be no world in which we're reflecting the culture when it comes to these things. We know for a fact some of the revival we're seeing is a result of people realizing these are lies, that relativism doesn't actually work. So, yeah, there's so much there, but I think for me as a parent, it makes me think, how do I prevent my kids from falling into this trap? Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that's the practical thing is to really evaluate kind of how you're approaching life and how you're looking at the world, what lens you're looking at it through, and make sure you're not kind of inadvertently, because I don't think any of us would do this on purpose, right? But uh, as Christians anyway, make sure that you're viewing that world through a biblical lens as best that you can, particularly for parents who are raising up kids like Billy, I know you have, and I have young kids, and we're trying to guide them as best we can. And so... If we're not careful on that, we, it's very easy to adopt worldly thinking. You got to really challenge your views and and run it to ground and and see where it comes up. But you, like you said, Trey, you'll you'll run into some big big time problems if you deny absolute truth exists. All right. Well, we're gonna move on over to the focus story now. And a 15 year old girl was sold into sex trafficking at an NBA game. That was crazy. What what happened there? Why don't you? Give us the background here, and then we'll get into what's happening now. Yeah, so in April of 2022, a a then 15-year-old girl, she lived in North Richland Hills, Texas. Uh, She was at a Dallas Mavericks uh, NBA game with her dad. It was at the American Airlines Center there in Dallas. Uh, She went to the bathroom uh, right before halftime, uh, and then surveillance footage that was found later, was seen later by law enforcement officers, obviously when the father in a panic went and said, my daughter hasn't come back. I haven't seen my daughter. Uh, She's missing. Police were able to see surveillance video that showed her leaving the arena with a man, and she obviously never returned to her seat at the game. Then Oklahoma City Police then found the teenager, a teenage girl, a week and a half later, Uh, at an extended stay uh, America hotel at the Oklahoma city airport. Uh, So it's a total of of 10, 11 days uh, that she was missing before she was finally reunited with her parents. Uh, So the story to me is, is just wild and heartbreaking. So she was taken by a man uh, from the NBA game, then given to another man sold to another man uh, who then took her to Ultimately, the last guy, uh, the last sex trafficker, whom she was held hostage by for a total of 10 days uh, before her parents or police were able to find her and she was reunited with her parents. Now her parents are suing the hotel she was held captive in. What are they claiming? Yeah, so like I said, she was held captive at this extended stay America hotel for about 10 days. Uh, And the lawsuit that they're filing is with their family attorney, Zeke Fortenberry. Uh, He said, quote, this girl was being sexually assaulted in a hotel room for multiple nights. Anytime she could have been rescued from that sooner obviously would have been better. Uh, And he's contending in the lawsuit that hotel staff should have immediately noticed that something was off. He said, quote, when a 40-something-year-old man walks in with a 15-year-old girl and rents multiple hotel rooms, and then there's traffic coming in and out of those rooms for days, those should be red flags to hotel staff members. Um, So ultimately, uh, the Oklahoma City police were able to arrest 
eight people in connection with this one abduction, this one crime, uh, and they charged them, several of them, with various crimes, ranging from felony warrants to human trafficking rape. And Kenneth Nelson, he is 44, uh, he's currently serving now a 25-year sentence in Oklahoma after pleading guilty to felony charges of, one, manufacturing manufacturing child pornography or child sexual abuse material, as it's called legally, distributing child pornography, child abuse, and human trafficking related to this young girl's case. So it also says that the uh, hotel surveillance video showed the teenager was in the room with Nelson or was going in and out of the room, I should say, with Nelson. There's also evidence or eyewitness testimony from hotel staff that they saw the girl seemingly drugged in some way, walking up and down the hallway a couple times. They also saw a person posted outside the hotel, like not a hotel employee, someone who was going in and out of the hotel room posted outside of the room with a rifle uh, a couple times that people saw. So there was just a lot of a lot of really, really bizarre behavior that this lawsuit is claiming should have triggered at least a call to the police to come and do a welfare check on this uh, on this girl in this hotel room. So uh, essentially, there's they're saying that the hotel staff has been completely or was completely negligent in in their obligations to care for this girl. Yeah, man, that is horrible. And I mean, just as a side note, it makes man evil really does exist in the world. I'm just thinking about how low have you had to have sunk as a human being to do this to another human being, particularly a young human being, obviously wrong yeah. in all cases, but just, just horrible. So have there been any other arrests in this case? So well, as far as the lawsuit goes, in addition to obviously seeking to hold these hotel staff members accountable in some way, uh, they're also seeking $1 million in damages in the civil suit. Uh, but as far as other suspects, other people that have been charged, one other man who was allegedly involved in, this, in the sex trafficking ring that, uh, that this girl ended up being caught up in, he was arrested in January of last year. Uh, and he had been on, he was 34 years old. His name is Emmanuel uh, Cartagena. Uh, he had been on parole for two months at the time that he was allegedly associated with trafficking this girl. But then in October of last year, a Dallas County grand jury declined to indict him, citing a lack of evidence to charge him with sexual assault of a child. So law enforcement believes he was associated. He was involved in this girl's kidnapping, uh, her being held hostage, being held captive, and the abuse that she went through. But because there's not enough physical evidence to convict him, uh, the county grand jury declined to indict him for wow. charges. So, But the main guy, like I said, uh, has been arrested. Uh, and Nelson, Kenneth Nelson, he's been arrested and is serving a 25-year sentence. Well, at least they got someone involved in that because, as I said, this is just a horrible, wicked evil. And you know, when that when the movie Sound of Freedom came out, people didn't really I think a lot of people don't really still believe that trafficking is a thing that happens here in America. And it it's it's it is shocking that it does happen, but it is it is happening as evidenced with this case in many different forms. Yeah, it's yeah. it's horrifying. I mean, it's horrifying when you think you know, you, you hear about these things happening in other countries, right? Yeah. And you think in America, I mean, you look at the numbers of what they claim, hundreds of thousands of people going through this, and it just seems unimaginable that this sort of evil would exist still. Definitely. Well, appreciate you bringing that update to our radar today, Trey, because I know we reported on it, 
back when it happened. So good to see that update there that at least some arrests have been made. Hopefully and she's safely with yes. her family again, which is which yes. is good. Yes, a great update. So appreciate that. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And, you know, a gateway to this sort of behavior that we were just talking about is pornography. And so our next guest, Joshua Broom, he's a former porn star. And his journey from being in that dark world to now being a preacher is incredible. What a radical change. And he was he was radically changed by the gospel. And he's the author now of a new book about the lies he believed and the truth that transformed his life. And he'll be on the upcoming episode of Faith versus Culture. It's on CBN News YouTube channel this Saturday. And a portion of that conversation we had is today's main thing. Josh, you've got a brand new book coming out that tells so much of your testimony, but also uh, has just a lot of practical advice about the lies that we're tempted to believe in the truth that can set us free. It's called Seven Lies That Will Ruin Your Life. Uh, talk a bit about your decision to write this book. Why now? Yeah, so it's so funny because um, a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll make a plan and we'll do something that we think that God wants us to do, but it's more often uh, something that we want to do, and it's great if it aligns with God's plan. Uh, but but in this case, it didn't, because I wanted to write, essentially, um, here's my story. Here is uh, every nook and cranny of my story, and I got this, I got connected with this amazing uh, literary agent and Amanda Lucky, and we started talking about what would it look like to you know, write what God was teaching me now and what I was most passionate about now and using my story as essentially like a leverage point and just provide credibility, but really speaking to something that matters most to me. I was like, man, culture, uh, combating culture with truth. And one of my favorite books that I read um, early on in my, in my walk with Jesus was Searching the Scriptures by Chuck Swindoll. And I just loved the way at the end of each chapter, he would go, you know, observation, interpretation, application. Like, what did you see in the, how do you can, you know, how can you apply this to your life? So that's where we landed on. We landed on these seven lies that culture propagates as this is how you find, you know, happiness. This is how you find satisfaction. Um, but if you believe a lie to be true to you, but where it will take you is a dark place and at least a loneliness. And it's all born out of, our heart desire, right? So following our heart, which is popular advice, um, but following our heart, the Bible says in Jeremiah that our heart is deceitful and wicked among all things. So um, if, if our heart's deceitful and wicked among all things, we follow our heart, it's going to take us to a wicked place. But there's truth in the person of Jesus. And that's what the book is about. Like, hey, here's how I believed this lie. Here's how it negatively impacted my life. But guess what? There's truth that um, 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about all, all scriptures, God breathed and it's good for teaching and, and all this, but reproof and reproof meaning essentially to dismantle and destroy. So truth dismantles and destroys lies and gives you a foundation that you can stand on, that you can trust. And that's what I want um, for each and every person that reads this book, because that is how my life was changed. Jesus saved my life, but reading the Bible and applying it to my life transformed my life. And that's what we all want to experience, life transformation. And that's how you get there. Yeah, I think pornography is one of the most egregious uh, instances of a counterfeit intimacy or, or a, a false 
picture of what uh, romance and love and and sexuality should actually look like. I was talking with a counselor uh, not that long ago, just getting his perspective on some things, and he was saying like the pornography industry in 2023-2024 is so scary because people are actually feeling like with the OnlyFans and these uh, social media platforms, people are feeling like they're actually developing a relationship, so to speak, uh, with these pornography stars. When in reality, they're not. All of this is a facade. It's all fake. It's all people who are these pornography stars. Many of these women are, are desperately hurting and broken, uh, and they're just as much in need of restoration as the person watching pornography. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, about how I think Satan can twist intimacy uh, and make you think that it's something that it's actually not at all, and how you were pulled out of that by the grace of God, and how this book can help other people realize, whether it's in sexuality uh, or some other sphere of life, uh, that they're believing a counterfeit gospel. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I would just speak to this, um, you know, the 32nd person that I knew personally, um, it, it, there's been many more than, than this, but 32 people that I knew, I knew their first in last name, I, I knew them. They were my friends. We shared meals together. Uh, we were in the same spaces together. 32 people. I've been out of the industry the last 11, so over 11 years. I've been out of the industry for 11 years. So 32 people have died via suicide. And these people, they're trying to medicate the hurt that comes with believing the lie that um, this is what the rest of my life is going to look like. And the world is, you know, uh, taking pleasure in consuming the thing that consumes me regarding um, this is who I'll always be. Um, this is all that I'm good for. Um, because these things are out there, I'm carrying this quote-unquote scarlet letter and no one is ever going to uh, value me or respect me, yet people are willing to take things from me. And then if you view yourself as a product, then it's so easy for you to be manipulated and used and feel like you're worthless. And and that's what you do to people. When you consume pornography, you treat them as products. Uh, we're supposed to love people and use things, not use people and love things, but that's where we find ourselves. And at the same time, man, regarding the OnlyFans, um, the people who are successful and have a large, large audience, they're utilizing AI and stock footage. So you're being, you know, it's catfish, uh, catfishing 2.0, where you think that you're interacting with a person, but there's just there's a there's a bot. There, there's AI that's plugging and playing footage where you think you're having an interaction with a real person in real time. You're having an interaction with a very broken person, and you're not even having that interaction in real time. You're just seeing stock footage provided to you based on whatever you say, and uh, it's empty. And it's so not real that you're not even talking to a person. Um, and the person that you're viewing, you're not treating like a person. And when you do that, it has a real impact on your brain, your heart, and the way that you interact with the world. And there's plenty of neuroscience that goes along with um, how it impacts, you know, the 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 waves that are heading to your brain, your the way that you know you're getting that dopamine and the the synapse, and it just like, there's leaving tracks in your brain. It's comparable on a CT scan to a someone who's abusing heroin. Um, it impacts your integrity. It impacts how you treat people. And we we have a generation 
of, you know, Gen Z and Gen Alpha that are starting to struggle with erectile dysfunction because they have suppressed reality because they're consuming something that's fictitious. And now they're getting into marriages and they feel unsatisfied and the divorce rate is through the roof because people are addicted to pornography and they're addicted to a a fictitious version of sexes and where it's just leading to so much brokenness and we could talk about forever how it it very clearly ties itself to sex trafficking and the abuse of children but um it is a real problem in today's world and it's evil and it's destroying the home and um i i i talk about it every time i i get the opportunity to i'm i'm blessed to um, have the voice that I have and have the influence that I have uh, to speak into churches. Um, that's my calling, um, to call people out of sin and, and up into who they're called to be. And that's my hope for this year. And that's my hope for this book. All right. Thanks for that clip there of our conversation. It really was a great conversation. I always enjoy catching up with Joshua Broom. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's. I think it's cool to hear uh, just how raw his testimony is and that the Lord can use absolutely anybody. He can transform all of our lives. Nobody is is too far gone for uh, for the redemption of the Lord. And the the full book, Seven Lies That Will Ruin Your Life, is uh, going to be out. You can get it any. You can pre-order it anywhere now, but it'll be out officially on March fifth. All right. Appreciate that. That's going to leave us with time on this edition of the Quick Start Podcast for one last thing. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. A lot yeah. of good reminders in there for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Because our hearts, as we were talking about uh, earlier, I think in the week, you know, our hearts are wicked above all else, right? So we have to, we have to let our hearts be Christ-centered just, just out of default, because our default's not good. Hmm. Yeah. I also think there's something to be said about gratitude and gratefulness, I think, is directly yes. tied to yes. the degree of peace we have in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's so much of what the world tells us we need. And I think that creates consternation. You know, we're coming off the Super Bowl with all these ads and all these things and desires and products that you need to have. And people start thinking that that's what you need to have to be happy in life or successful in life. And Absolutely not. If Christ rules in our hearts, you don't have to have anything. That's all you have to have, and that's all the success you need. So, all right, we're going to leave it there on this edition of the Quick Start Podcast. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more Friday Juniors up next.